close call with death. Have you had one? I have. I've actually had a lot of them, but who's counting? In this new season, season three of 2022, we'll be continuing to talk about the events of those of us that have come dangerously close to death and had the great luck or destiny to elude death and carry on. So let's jump into the brand new season, January 2022. My name is Bob Howard, and this last year of this podcast series in 2021, it was an amazing year of reflection and inspiration as I shared conversations with many super interesting people who had a close call with death and now see life differently, and I was able to bring those stories to you. So I was kind of tired of uh, all the violence in our world and the disruption on the streets, the um, sadness of COVID ripping through our countries, and the fighting between political parties, uh, the crazy earth-like events like droughts, fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, including a large earthquake right here in Utah um, in our own backyard. I thought the end was here. I really did for a moment, and I thought, man, uh, we need to find some goodness out there. So um, we need to just find some strength through all this, as I've uh, recently learned from a really cool Green Beret who I interviewed uh, back in 2021, Jason Van Camp, um, that we need to embrace the suck or the uncomfortable and um, be resilient because the challenges we face will be the things that we remember, sometimes um, seeing those things as beautiful and that they make us stronger. Well, it was time for a podcast that would unfold stories of challenges to all of us, that the resolve was a brighter day. So I talked with lots of people that uh, had a close call with death and had survived, thus felt the second chance feeling, you know, that that feeling that, oh my gosh, you know what, that, that was like... Um, so close, it's halftime, let's uh, play out the rest of our lives, the, the rest of the game, and see how we can improve it, make it better. So there's more time on the clock, there's more life to live and days to experience. So uh, families and friends and loved ones that cared about them, and the interesting thing was how many of my interviews wanted to give back. They wanted to share their f learning with others of uh, what they had to they, what they figured out and how that might help another having to endure the same kind of pain. You don't have to go through the same fire um, another one does to learn what they learned and what they went through and the lessons that they've learned and how they communicate that actually can impact our lives and, and uh, have an outlook on life that's that's even better. So... I've um, been the fortunate benefactor of all of my interviews with my survivors. I am more blessed than I ever imagined. I've grown so much in the last year and feel like somewhat of an authority on second chances because of my interviews with all these great people. The um, sessions were touching as the stories unfolded and I could just feel where they had come from and now where they're going. I know there's a brighter day for all of us after we manage to get through our hard obstacles. So I thought for um, this new year, I'd start off the season with one of my own close calls. Back in 1978, 
And um, so much would have been different if the turnout was different and I was not to survive uh, this crazy incident that, that took place and affected me. I look back and I'm so thankful that I lived through that. So here's what happened back in the spring of 1978. And uh, I'm grateful and I'm different. Am I different? <laughs> Heck yes. Um, and uh, different in a good way? I sure hope so. At least I uh, strive to um, make the best out of what I went through and, and uh, be a better person. So back in 1978, I was a 21-year-old junior in college attending the University of Wyoming. Yep, I'm a Wyoming cowboy, and uh, don't hold that against me. Um, I grew up in northern Wyoming in a really teeny tiny town called Worland, Worland, Wyoming. And it was a, um, I was home for spring break, home visiting my, my family, my parents, and, and uh, friends that I have in my little hometown. I was making my way back to school after I'd spent like a, a few days with the family and um, heading back to Laramie and um, at the close of that spring break. So I had a long ways to go to get back to Laramie, Wyoming, where the University of Wyoming is. It's a six hour drive. It's a long way. Uh, it's beautiful. It goes through a bunch of badlands and, and mountainous areas and and uh, but uh, some of it's very desolate and windy and tumbleweeds and uh, prairie dogs and antelope and and there's not a lot out there but um, growing up in the area you see it as beautiful and um, so I was about a third of the way back in a, a beautiful place called the Wind River Canyon um, it's in the Wind River Range mountainous range uh, that's just gorgeous and the canyon was a pretty drive through a windy switchback two-way road with um, mountains on both sides and there was a river down off to the side, about 100 yards down, a steep cliff edge all the way through the canyon. The canyon is probably like 20 miles long or something. And I was driving um, at the time in a bright orange, souped up, super cool Volkswagen Beetle. Um, it had really chrome wheels, big tires, uh, an awesome engine. <laughs> and, and now in today's world, um, that thing probably had a total of 150 horsepower or something. And uh, that's nothing. I mean, our lawnmowers in today's world have that much. But I thought it was pretty cool. And I was pushing it as fast as it could go and um, trying to make some time for this six-hour drive, trying to knock it down to five. So I, I had the pedal to the metal. Um, I was driving through the windy road about 65, 70 miles an hour, if you can believe that, and not hardly another car on the road um, with me. I was alone. Some friends were in other cars and, and going back the same day, but um, I made the trip going it alone. I didn't have anybody traveling with me. Thank goodness, looking back. As I drove through the turns, um, I came to a, a little straight patch where down the road, uh, about a mile, I saw another car coming my direction. And uh, all of a sudden, the car was coming my direction, started heading straight into my lane, directly at me. And, and it was like um, they were playing chicken or something. I thought, what the heck is this guy doing? And uh, it all of a sudden, so fast, I, I, I mean, it just was upon me so quick that I had nowhere to go. Um, I had no time to do anything but steer hard to the right and slam on my brakes so I didn't rock it off the road over the edge, um, over the, the canyon down 100 yards to the river below, facing certain death at that time. So 
The car continued to come at me and struck me directly on the front left corner of my front end of my Beetle, causing a huge impact and collision. Uh, the car caused my car to be engulfed, folded, crushed, and spinning. It, it just like made it like a little wallet, folded it up, bent my engine in half. Um, I could see things seriously going to slow motion. And some people say that when, when explosions happen or things um, that, that everything goes in slow-mo, um, the sound goes crazy, uh, quiet. That happened in my case. I heard the big impact, but then all of a sudden it was really kind of muffled. There's glass flying everywhere, kind of suspended in the air. And um, it, it, it was crazy. And spun, and my right side passenger door opened wide up by itself. Uh, just from the folding of the car, it just crushed it and popped it open. And, um, and I could see things seriously just spinning around. And, um, I didn't even thank goodness at the time I didn't have a seatbelt on and I flew straight out of the car horizontally out of the car. And I landed on the road and stood up immediately. It's, it's wasn't like I, got launched out of a canyon and, um, and at 70 miles an hour and spun all over the ground and was thrashed. I flew out of the car and I landed on the road. It was like a dream, like softly I landed and I stood up and, um, I didn't have any torn clothing, no physical damage to me at all. Um, I, I did have a slight concussion, uh, to my head. And that must've been when I either hit the side of the car that was hit uh, with my head or door frame going out, but uh, it was a dang miracle. So I stood there seeing what was left of my car in a ball. It was, it was like a crushed little ball uh, in a heap at the edge of the cliff where the other car had pushed it that hit me. And it hadn't gone over the edge and down the, the to the river below. Um, it was just sitting there teetering and so, um, a Wyoming highway patrolman arrived instantly as he was back behind me about, a, I don't know, close enough to where he could see me. He saw the whole thing, saw the whole wreck happen and unfold right before his eyes. So he walked up to me quickly and uh, with lights on siren and everything. And, and he grabbed my shoulders and, and said, looked me in the eyes and said, son, are, are you okay? And, uh, I was in shock and I said, uh, I don't know what just happened. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what just happened. And I said that, I remember just saying that a ton of time. I couldn't stop saying that. So he said, I've been patrolling for like 28 years and I've never seen anything like what I just saw. I thought you were a mannequin or, or like a dummy flying out of that car that hit you. Or once that car hit you head on, I, I, I saw you just fly out of the car and then and landed on the ground. And then you just stood up. And he said it was a terrible, terrible thing to see and uh, witness. And he was just so happy. I was, I was okay. And then I was standing there not hurt. He just couldn't believe that I was alive. So he walked over um, after making sure I was okay. And, uh, and I just stood there. He didn't have me sit down, lay down, nothing. Check me out. I just stood there. And, and he walked over to check on the other driver and, and see who was in the other car. It was an older gentleman uh, driving a big Chrysler sedan, four-door, big, big Chrysler car. And I had this little Beetle. And um, so it was like twice as big as my little car. And the whole front end was mashed back to the dash. 
uh, the man said he he was groaning and moaning, and he he said that um, he had fallen. Wait, um, thinking about it, he said that um, he had fallen asleep just for a moment and didn't know that he had. Um, he lied to the officer, saying actually that the sun was in his eyes, but the officer said, "Buddy, the sun is behind you, pal. So um, you need to come up with a better better story." So um, it was obvious that he had broken his leg and ambulance was dispatched and um he he couldn't move his leg was all mangled and so um they called an ambulance for him um i had my friends come along and uh they just pulled over and were shocked to see my stuff strewn all over the road and a volkswagen beetle the trunk is in the front i had a suitcase up there and my mom had sent me back with some food and a bunch of apples and there were apples strung out all over the road rolling around and uh, I was just hoping that my underwear weren't uh, popped out of my suitcase and laying in the, all over the road. That would be embarrassing. So I, I didn't uh, stay to be checked out. I said I was good to go, and I wanted to get out of there and uh, get back on the road and go back to school. I called my parents later in the day when I got back to Laramie and told them what had happened um, and not from a, the, the, not from the scene because um, I was like decades away from even having a cell phone. This was back in 78. Cell phones weren't even thought of, and so I couldn't just call them on the scene. And um, the highway patrolman didn't really think about giving them a call through dispatch either, so they didn't know until later that, that night that I'd been in an accident my car was gone. On the way back to school, I could just... Um, I couldn't get it out of my mind just how lucky I was to have survived that wreck. I knew that I must have had some divine intervention that day and someone obviously was watching over me. So I was really super thankful to God that um, I did not bite the big one and, uh, and die that day. So um, early on, uh, I, I was thinking about my father who was killed when I was three years old. Uh, when we lived in California as uh, he was coming home from work and we lived in Concord, California, and he was driving on the freeway uh, coming back home and a cr car crossed over at the center line and hit him head on in a red 57 Chevy and it, and it killed him um, instantly on the road that night. And he left uh, my two brothers and I and my mom um, alone. And um, I thought about how easy it would have been that I could have had uh, been taken out that very same way. Odd how um, it was anywhere else. Uh, you know, it's odd that I was in that place that I was at that time. Because if I was down the road a little bit further, or I hadn't gotten uh, that start at that time, um, that I wouldn't have been at that perfect place at that perfect time for that guy to fall asleep, cross the line, and come over and hit me. It was the weirdest mathematical freaky coincidence that um, I was there to be intercepted and um, he the, the guy driving the other car could have easily um, just fallen asleep and drove over and went off the cliff and to his death but hitting me actually stopped his car woke and woke him up uh, terribly and he lived also maybe somebody else could have been hit and killed but it hit me that day i lived he lived everything was good uh, so the timing was just unreal it was part of my life history and um, life in general it was just super challenging and interesting how it all played out but i did a lot of reflection on that that day um into the future 
I'm happy um, every single day. And when I get up in the morning, I that I have another cool day to live my life. I don't really think, oh my gosh, I made it through the night. Thank goodness I didn't die in my sleep. I just think how awesome it is to get up in the morning, go work out, go to work, be with my family, go for walks with my wife, and just have a good life as a result of not being killed way back then. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's definitely life has been hard at times. I've had many things I've gone through. I have 10 other close calls with death since then. And so life isn't just perfect, but, um, it is a blessing. It's amazing that we get to live in this life and experience things. We do things will be hard. Things are challenging, but we got to embrace them and we got to realize, Hey, um, we as human beings wanted this. We wanted this life to live and it's a gift. And uh, I hope our stories of triumph and victory will come forth even more in 2022 and that we can all learn to appreciate each other's journeys and celebrate the trip. So here's to 2022 and taking time to reflect on our experiences and sharing them with me and our listeners. Becoming a part of your journey ultimately impacts ours. So until we hear from each other again, stay alive to tell about it.